Alright. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Politipop Podcast, the podcast where we take your favorite pop culture media and discuss the social and political themes within. I am your co-host, Mike Booch, a.k.a. the pseudo-intellectual soy boy, a.k.a. comrade soy boy, a.k.a. Oswald Cobbled Pothead, a.k.a. I don't know. I can't think of any. I can't think of any more. You know, there's someone in our fantasy football league named Oswald Cowboyhead, right? That's where I got the AKA from oh. in the first place. <laughs> Shout out to you, Rich. Good job, man. There you go. AKA. Um, I already said Alfred Pennygirth for. Uh, <laughs> you did. For, for the the last Not on Earth ones. Anyway, and I am always excited to see. In the co-host chair, the one, the only, we scored the exact same thing, so neither of us wins. It's actually a tie. Hey, what's up? Uh, not much, dude. Not much. I'm just, uh, I'm just coming to terms with with life in general. Uh, but, uh, but while I'm coming to terms with it, I want to let everybody know that if you're watching us on YouTube, that you can like the video, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell, so that way you never miss a video. And uh, for the rest of you who are just listening on whatever podcast you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast, get that download on there, even if you don't listen to the episodes as soon as they come out. Leave a review, that would be awesome. And at the very least, just talk to a friend who who you know, who you think would appreciate the podcast, have them listen to a couple episodes, see if you can get them hooked on it. As uh, as far as our uh, our Patreon subscribers go, Ty, I, uh, I, got, I, got, I got some interesting news for you. I oh. want you to take a guess. How many how many uh Patreon patrons do you think we have? Give me three guesses. I'm gonna start with a uh, hundred. Less. Fifty. Sorry. Fewer. Fifty. Fewer. One. Close. Zero. Fewer. It's actually negative five. We actually have <laughs> negative five patrons. I'm gonna have to start. That's my people. bad. That's my bad. Yeah. I, I did I'm some gonna shit. have to start paying people to support the podcast. Oh, oh my god. Um, you know what, before, before we do it, I have some interesting stuff I want to tell you real quick. Uh, just, just a friend to friend here. Um, so one of my cousins the other day shared some pro Marxist stuff on her Instagram, which was amazing. Yes. And, uh, oh, by the way, if any of you want to listen to a podcast episode she was on, uh, the podcast is called, uh, Oye, the podcast. And, um, it highlights a bunch of, uh, Actually, I don't really know what the podcast is about. I only listened to the one episode, but from what I understand, it it uh, it seems to highlight excellence in the Latinx community. Fuck My cousin yeah. was on the most recent episode. She's an LMSW. She talks all about therapy and mental health, and um and you know just growing up, uh, as as her uh, um you know similar situation I I grew up in. You know, a uh, single parent uh for for most of the childhood, uh first generation American citizen parent from the Dominican Republic. Word. So uh so yeah, but it was it was it was definitely awesome. So Oye the podcast, check it out. But yeah, the other day on Instagram she shared something that said like um you know, if you were to read Marxist theories right now and you're a member of the working class, you would like everything would make sense, which is why we're constantly told to hate Marxism from the moment we're like we're born. Like we're told to hate it all from the beginning. Uh, as soon yep. as we come to this country. And I was like, holy shit. Like, and you know what's so funny, dude? She and I like rarely talk about that stuff. Right. So we've just both come to the same conclusion. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I feel like if most people should, right? Like, it's almost yeah. like uh, evolution, right? There's got to be a point where, like, there's just, I, I, I had a coworker who said, like, he believed that one day everyone would just have an epiphany and they would get it and they would be able to finally break through. So there's always that hope, you know what I mean? Um, there's a, there's a reason that the, the United States of America didn't cover the uh, um, the worker strike in India, right? They didn't they didn't want us to know about oh, it. Oh yeah. Because yeah, if we know right. about it, then they know that it works. We know it works. Oh and yeah. And we will try yeah, it here. Right. So right. you know they got to keep that shit suppressed. But uh, it's out there, and and the more of us that realize it and learn about it, the more change we can enact. 
And my other cousin uh, puts a bunch of conspiracy theory stuff up without nice. knowing it. And nice. because she's actually very similar in her ideology, but like, um, you know, given given the black and brown community's history with uh with the US government and medical stuff, like I think I think that there's justifications for being wary of a vaccine that that came so fast and everything. Right. Agreed. Um, uh but like all the pages she shares these things from, like one of them I looked at the page and the entire page itself wasn't just anti COVID vaccination it was anti-vax all around Ugh. and i'm like i'm like yo i'm pretty sure you shared something from an anti-vax page she was like what really and she checked she was like oh damn it and then the <laughs> other one was like was like oh look at this um fake covid vaccination on tv they used fake needles and they zoom in with the camera and you see like the the liquid dripping down the person's arm instead of in i i don't know and so i was like interesting so i look at it and it's called like Canadian Anon like that's the name of the group they have Anon in the name of their their page (laughs) and I'm looking around I'm like okay I see some anti-democrat stuff but like you know whatever I'm anti-democrat too so maybe you know it doesn't mean they're not like you know on the level and then and then one of them is like a couple of tweets from Cartoon Network there's a character in Steven Universe uh, who's an intersex character because they're literally a fusion of a boy and a girl and so, like, it was talking about gender pronouns, and that was it. Was like, yeah, I'm comfortable being a they, and you can be comfortable being a he, and you could be a she, blah blah. And and the the page that shared the screenshots was like, we're gonna shut this shit down soon. And all the comments were like, just the most transphobic, evil stuff. And I go to my, oh my cousin, God. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, listen, I don't trust the fucking government either. I don't trust vaccination, but like, you gotta understand, a lot of these people are fucking like right wing nut jobs who are big time conspiracy theorists. I'm pretty sure that's a QAnon page. Like and they were they it says in their profile how many times they've been banned before. Like with well, I mean it's an interesting followers. thing, right? That like people like that you can find some common ground with, right? There's like uh those Fox News polls that talked about, you know, how like conservatives are mainly in support of like Medicare for all, right? But 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 at the same time, you got to be careful because you get pulled into that. And you're like, fuck yeah, like we we're agreeing. And then, like you said, you want it's like, oh, it's like QAnon and all this this wild I'm shit. Like, oh, you're one of those. You're, you're like, never mind. Like, I want to go into a different room. Geeks. I need to go. <laughs> yeah, it 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 is rough, especially uh, whatever. We'll we'll, we'll cover it in a in a housekeeping episode. Yeah, but um, we're due for one. But yeah. Yeah, we we are very we are very due for one. It's it's gonna have to be like a two hour long one. We'll see. You might cry. Uh, It'll be emotional. It'll be great. Yes, good. I'm looking I'm looking forward to this. Uh, but you know what else I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to reviewing one of my favorite Christmas movies. I make sure to watch it every year. And you know, if you know anything about my childhood, then you know that it makes complete sense why this of all Christmas movies happens to be one of my favorites. And really, it's just because it's a comic book movie that happens to take place on Christmas, just like. Die Hard is an action movie that happens to take place on yeah. Christmas. So. I would argue it's less a Christmas movie than Die Hard, but yes, it does take place around Christmas. So, I think you're right. <laughs> at least, I, Christmas, it's on Christmas, Christmas Eve, right, in Die Hard, I think, so at least they got that going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's fair. Um, but yes, today we are reviewing Batman Returns, what? the movie that gave me nightmares up until I was 13 years old. I was that afraid. Of Danny DeVito's Penguin. I was also terrified of Danny DeVito's Penguin as a child. I don't know if we ever spoke about this, but <laughs> I was really scared. And I actually had like a, uh, I think it was an autographed photo of him as the Penguin when I was a kid. Oh my and God, no. I was fucking terrified of it. So I got rid of it. Hold on, fucking 5 0 outside your face. <laughs> yeah, I just heard that. Boom, no, 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 boom. Bad boys, what you uh, I was fucking terrified of it. So I think I got rid of it unfortunately but uh yeah he no, was I really scary the same. um wow so now that you mention it i actually had a catwoman poster from batman returns that's that was hot. up above my bed and well <laughs> so yes it is so that's the weird part wow actually okay now that i'm thinking about it batman returns is an integral part of my childhood because i also had i had the batman returns blanket and on oh, each shit. corner of the blanket they had a character from from the from the movie one of the corners might have actually been max shrek like it might have uh, been that's go to sleep little booch the spine. worst fucking character <laughs> actually no his son's the worst character <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah one of the corners was the penguin and like it wasn't even like it was just like a penguin that would have been close to the comic books but i was still afraid of it because because of the way he looked in the movie but also like what five to six year old kid wants a michelle pfeiffer catwoman poster on his like <laughs> i don't know no, like, none I don't of them know. but their dads all do 
Exactly. <laughs> like this really like this this molded me as a child. I was it <laughs> I makes was molded sense. by the sexualization of comic book characters. Um but uh but yes, and I mean I don't even know if we need to bother doing it, but somewhere through the snow I'm hearing it in the background from this nineteen ninety two movie. <laughs> oh my god. It's a Christmas it's a Christmas spoiler warning. It is a Christmas spoiler warning. If you haven't seen Batman Returns yet, uh, get on reason, it. <laughs> yeah, make sure that you watch it before we go into this movie. Um, but yeah, so 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 this uh, yeah this is this is one of my favorites because it just combines Batman and and uh, and Christmas. So so I'm able to to justify watching it or or making my wife watch it. Um, this dude, this was supposed to be a kids movie. I feel, and it definitely wasn't. I mean, it, it was rated PG-13, so do what you want with that. I mean, but. <laughs> yeah, I guess they knew. But, like, but you got to know, like, to a certain ex- extent, like... But the 90s, they Batman. got away with a lot more shit. You know what I mean? The 80s and 90s, they got away with a lot more stuff in these kind of movies. Yeah, yeah, that's... uh. The- that, that's very true. That's why we're so um, fucked up today. So <laughs> it, it it really is, dude. It is. Um oh, I was about to reference Star Wars cuz I just watched it recently, but even but even then that was 2008. Oh boy. Uh, or 2007 whatever. So, as we get into the movie tie, given the plot. All right. Batman returns. Well, Batman deals with a deformed man calling himself the Penguin, wrecking havoc across Gotham with the help of a cruel businessman. A female employee of the latter becomes the Catwoman with her own vendetta. Yeah, okay, that's fine. So, uh, <laughs> it's accurate. It's, it's so, exactly I, 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 I just want to start by saying, as a kid, I really enjoyed this movie. As an adult, I really didn't. So, um... Tell me more about that. Why, why, what is an adult... Was it just... Is it just realizing that this stuff was still, like, prevalent? Like, this stuff was still somehow applicable? I, I don't... It just... It was just so over the top. Um, and they were so not faithful to the comics, like, in any way... And I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it more. Throughout. Well, well, you know what's what's interesting is um this has and when you think of the time period in which it came out, like the '90s, there was a lot of uh like sexual thrillers that came out, mm-hmm. and somehow they combined a Christmas comic book movie with a sexual thriller because that's exactly what this was. It's, it's your basic instinct. It's um that one with uh with Bruce Willis and uh and and someone else. There, yeah. there were a lot of those sexual about. thrillers. Yeah, you I, know the one, right? I do feel like I feel like at any moment this movie is ready to become a porno. You know, like like it was just like the lines, <laughs> the setup, the way Catwoman acted. Uh, I feel like Batman was barely in it. He showed up to punch Color some wounds sometimes. Sorry, it was called the it was called Color of Night. I, I think I actually own it. Mystery. Th- Why would you own? Do you own it on VHS? Tell me more about <laughs> no. your copy of Color of Night, please. That's the Bruce Willis one, right? Yeah. It's yeah. No, because I went through that phase where I was going to own every Bruce Willis film, so I hunted down all the ones I could, and I think that was one. Oh, of them. so that's your in. Okay, that makes. sense. I don't think I even seen it though. I don't think I ever watched it, but I do have it. I mean, <laughs> I want to. I want to see how many similarities it has to Batman Returns, which came out not two years earlier. A colorblind psychiatrist, Bill Kappa, is stalked by an unknown killer after taking over his murdered friend's therapy group. What? All of whom have a connection to a mysterious young woman that Kappa begins having intense sexual encounters with. Not just your standard <laughs> sexual encounters, but the most intense <laughs> of all. Wow. Um. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right because they they really leaned into the raw sexual energy and chemistry of of uh, of Bruce and Selena, and uh, she even comments on him having an erection at one point during the film. <laughs> yes, wow. when they're dancing, right? Um, yes, yeah, when they're when they're dancing, and the song "Super Freak" is being covered by the by the the Christmas party band. Yeah, uh, the of which the original song, the first lyrics in the song are. She's a very kinky girl. Oh <laughs> boy, and I mean, like my appreciation of Catwoman as a character has grown a lot over the years, um, and I feel like she's a very strong character, right? Like she's the kind of person. I say she's the strongest character of this movie too. She, in a way, yeah. Like you know, I, what I appreciate about her is that she doesn't take any shit from anybody, including Batman. You know, like she doesn't. She doesn't need no man, and. And that's cool, you know, she's sexy, she's cool, but, you know, she she gets the job done. And I felt like in this film, they made her this really, like, pathetic person 
who gets murdered and then comes back with the power of cats to uh, get revenge, and that's where she gets her confidence from. It was just it was just a weird thing for me. I don't know. I think. I think what we see here is that she's under the delusion that she's immortal, but she fell through several awnings and her psyche, her trauma manifested itself as this, this Catwoman character. There's no way. She, she gets shot several she was times. Already, she, gets, she gets electrocuted. She gets shot in non-vital areas. Yeah, the electrocution's <laughs> a big one. Maybe. Yeah. yeah that, that is a big one. But let's talk about her character while we're there. Selena Kyle, played by uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, she actually had to, uh, she had to have the suit vacuum sealed at several times during filming. Really? So like, that's how they got it to be so tight. They would vacuum seal it. And like, anytime, like she got lightheaded from like her guts being sucked in so much by the suit or, or like, you know, some air got in and the suit started loosening up, they would have to cut. Wow. But yeah. Uh, Um, but yeah, so, so she plays this, uh, this meek secretary character, um, which I'm not even sure if you would say secretary anymore. You might say a receptionist, but she is a secretary. She handles all the all the dealings for for uh, some corporate fuck who's destroying the environment named Max Shrek. Um, and um, so her whole arc is that is that she has incredibly low self esteem. We we hear through, and I I think I think it's a pretty good job that they that they just give you all of her insecurities rapid fire uh, through the answering machine. You know, she can't hold down a relationship. Her mom is constantly judging her. Uh, you know, we have we have advertisement uh, affecting her self-image, talking about how, you know, pretty women and women who smell a certain way, they're the ones who get men, you know. And, and, and so she's constantly being crushed under this pressure. And what I think they do very well with it is that you – you don't necessarily recognize it when she first comes home. She's just kind of like, oh, what a day at the office. But after she's been murdered, you know, that tends to put a strain on somebody. She comes back and you see that those are the things the whole time that have really been pressing down on her. And she she takes that rage and turns it outward on the world. And what was that that quote that you gave me that she said, which was like so awesome? Oh, life's a bitch. And now now so am I, I think she says. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Uh, I don't know. It's just so cheesy. I, I, you know, you're not into it. You, I wasn't man. feeling it at all. Like, I, I think what I would have appreciated more was had Bruce Wayne already been interested in her as a person, and then you know maybe Batman and Catwoman had a thing, but he chooses the real her over the version of her that he's seeing now after her death. But no, like, like she. Unfortunately, this movie is saying like what they did in Suicide Squad with Randall Flagg and the Enchantress. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like this movie is basically saying yes, like the hot girl gets the guy. You know what I mean? Like until she becomes like this seductress, she's not able to get a man, and then once she is, she's able to get anybody she wants, uh, including Much like Batman. In Greece as well. You're saying yes, <laughs> exactly, word, right? exactly. Yes, putting them into your mouth like Greece. Uh, um, <laughs> like she's all that, or you could. You know? She's all cat. That's she's all version. <laughs> she's all cat. Yep. We would prefer that she's all bat, but she's not even <laughs> close to that. She's a cat. But yeah, there's just like a lot of cheesy one-liners <laughs> and stuff. Um, what I did like was that you know she was obviously a very capable secretary. She was intelligent. Um, she actually un- un- unveils this entire plot that Max Shrek is doing that's going to really harm the city, and that's why she's murdered. Um, and she kind of plays all the sides, right? Like that she plays all these guys kind of against each other. And, uh, you know, she kind of gets the last laugh in the end, which was, you know, which was cool. Um, I, def- I did, yeah, I did want to see her get her point. revenge, you know? Like I, w- I was rooting yeah. for her. Yeah, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm not necessarily surprised that you're like, oh, this was so fucking campy because it definitely was. But, like, I mean, at this point, like, it's just kind of what to expect. Right. I mean, I guess for kids, when we were kids, it was normal. You go back at this now and you're like, oh, like – they they had to say all this stuff in earnest. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a yeah. it's not it's not dissimilar from the Adam West, uh, Batman. It's just the context. You right. know what I mean? Like right. they all really have to commit to ridiculous, over the top characters. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't know because I do enjoy the original Batman film. I feel like that one holds up a little better. But, um, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, Catwoman. She's she's definitely interesting in in this film. Uh, and like you said, there's a lot of a lot of sexual innuendo, um, and they really really lean hard into that uh, to the point where like it almost 
becomes a little uncomfortable sometimes. I was like, oh, okay, it's a bit much, but yeah, yeah, they definitely they definitely went in there, and that's a you know that was a that was an interesting point that you made about like how it wasn't Selena's genuine self that was able to win over the eye of of you know billionaire Bruce Wayne. It was you know it was the bad girl. Um, you know I do uh. I'll look it up. I'll throw it in the show notes if it's legit. If not, I'll delete this entire part. She kind of reminds me of when somebody uh, who's living with bipolar may have like a manic episode. They do a lot of shit that they normally wouldn't do. Like ki- kind of like that. Like I'm getting strong manic vibes from her. Definitely. Like, right, definitely. Gonna, yeah. You know, I'm going to. Now it's, I was, I was also wondering like, I was wondering if Bruce ever went to her place because like, do you think she ever cleaned it up after she fucked it up? No, no, she definitely like, didn't. She was if he would have gone there, wild. he would have been like, "Oh my fucking god!" Like this is oh. Uh, uh, all right, Bruce Wayne doesn't go to people's places, so let's just let's just be true. honest. And, and I think we'll get into him a little later. I mean, he's the last one we should talk about because you know uh, he's Batman. But yeah, I don't think Bruce Wayne goes to people's houses. They they come to him. That's that's. I mean, also, I would never. I I would do that less. Actually, I would just be Bruce Wayne. I would bring a backpack with me, so I always have my suit or something. <laughs> yeah. But it would make more sense to be in the city instead of having other people come to you where your cave is. I don't know. Yeah, he's like, um, fuck, I gotta travel so goddamn far every time. Yeah. Traffic's. They're a gonna bitch. come in. They're gonna be like, hey, Bruce. Um, why do you have uh three reflective Batman uh, <laughs> structures right up on your property that shine directly into your study? <laughs> Me? What? I'm just a big why? Batman fan. I really support him. He's a good guy. <laughs> uh, he murdered a circus troupe last week. Br- Bruce Wayne talking about Batman is like Donald Trump talking about Putin. <laughs> I just respect him. He's strong. All right. <laughs> you know, some, uh, Batman has a good reason for doing everything he's gonna do. All right, he's, um, we'll have to put that SNL link in the show notes when, when they're all go. talking about how Batman beat up that beat them up and everything. And he was like, "Well, I'm sure Batman has a perfectly good reason to keep that crime." Oh man, I want to leave Selena with one thing before we do. Um, I also got a lot of strong uh, Me Too vibes from her relationship with Max. Okay, you know, Max wasn't necessarily going into the sexual assault territory but you can see that he definitely established an ownership and a power dynamic over selena that that was not appropriate uh i'm gonna be putting these in the show notes but there were some interesting statistics regarding uh sexual harassment payouts in 2019 uh basically saying that they had increased 20 percent uh from the previous all-time high of 56.6 million dollars to $68.2 million. So that so that increase, uh, they credit to the Me Too movement saying that that like claims are being taken more seriously. People are are probably coming forward more because they do feel emboldened. And uh, and a variety of other factors that you can check in the show notes. But I I did think that that was pretty interesting and that um hmm. you know I also saw another statistic that 25 to 85 percent of women feel that they are uh have been harassed at one point in the workplace right um, so 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 yeah i was like oh yeah that's totally what's happening here and it was at the behest in my opinion of max shrek so tell me about him well you know oh, real quick since you brought up the me too movement I, now that you mentioned and i I, t- I mentioned to you earlier today that i was listening to an interview with uh Rose McGowan, but it, it kind of, in a way, does remind me of the relationship between Rose McGowan and Harvey Weinstein, and how you know Rose McGowan went a little manic herself, but she went on her own vendetta, her own revenge spree, and she got Harvey Weinstein um, and basically exposed him for all of the horrible things he did, and started this movement. And I, and I feel like Catwoman kind of does that in this film, like she starts to expose who Max is, and really gets her revenge in the end. So. Kind of interesting wow, what a, you brought what that a up. great and very relevant analogy. Yeah. Um, I think Rose McGowan would make a really good Catwoman as well. She That's would. Like, she really would. I think she would. But yeah, so let's talk about, well, I guess I want to say this movie's Harvey Weinstein, but like it's, you know, between Max Shrek, actually every guy in this movie, because this movie is just privilege and power put into practice uh, between these three, these three men. And like they all kind of represent different pieces of shit in right. real life. Yep. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean Max Shrek is like you said, he's this entitled corporate douchebag who's very, very rich, and uh, his his goal is to leave as much wealth and power for his son as he can, right? 
And he's going to do that by creating, I think it was a power plant. But uh, Selena actually figures out that the power plant is not going to provide energy. It's going to actually siphon energy from Gotham City. So he has this like scheme going on how he's going to, you know, keep the money flowing into his son's pockets. Um, and he, he obviously is not a good person, doesn't give a shit about the environment, doesn't give a shit about his city. Um, he murders Selena already, pushes her out a window because she discovers this. No remorse. He's just, you know, an all-around terrible fucking person, and yet he tries to act like this hero to the people, a lot like Donald Trump, right? Like, he, he gets up there yeah. and he gives this really, like, you know, rousing speech, and all the people are clapping and cheering for him, and, you know, right up till the very end, they all think he's this, this great man of the city, and he could really give a shit less about them, which is exactly how most uh, billionaires in the world, if not all billionaires in the world, uh, I would imagine, feel about about the people in their cities they don't really care yeah he has this moment where he says like i'm just a poor schmo who got lucky sue me wanting to give something back <laughs> and like everyone's cheering for him and that totally reminds me of just how like a billionaire may donate like one percent of their wealth or something and you know like it, it it may seem like a lot of money like oh they donated a million dollars to all these different charities blah 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 but like like with I think after a certain point, you just got to have a cap. Like right. at a certain point, you don't you don't need any more money. And like I have felt this just having a few thousand dollars. I'm like, you know what? This is good. So like, <laughs> somebody with like millions of dollars, like I've never played it, but I heard that at, at in Animal Crossing at a certain point, you end up going back and paying other people's rent at the end and like paying off their mortgages. And then you get a statue of yourself in the town square. That's how it should work. Like yeah. once you've won capitalism, you can just take your earnings and put it back in and like and yep. like you're good. Like you can retire forever and, and and it's fine. You know, obviously that's not how it works. And yeah, they they tell Max that like he's um, you know, that that they have enough energy to to power Gotham for for decades or something or the next century. And like and if for him it's never enough. Like he's trying to build a legacy for his son. That's that's what it's about. It's about preserving the family and preserving the you know, the old money that, that him that people like him and Bruce and even Oswald to an extent are are so used to coming from and taking advantage of. People like that it really blows my mind. They're so obsessed with that, like you said, that that family line, you know, that old money kind of thing. It's it's really uh it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just they're they're so so dead set on on maintaining that, um, and they you know they'll do anything, including murder and you know and treason to do it. It's it's pretty unbelievable. Oh yeah. So speaking of which, like he doesn't even commit a clean murder. He straight up just pushes Selena out the window, and and the other guy he murders. I think one of his partners, and the penguin finds out about it. So, like, any problem he comes across, he's that powerful that he can get rid of it. You know, you get, <laughs> I bet he was friends with, uh, with Epstein. Like, what, like, Max Track definitely <laughs> would have been on the Lolita Express with Epstein oh, and Bill God, Gates and Chris probably. Tucker and Bill Clinton, like, and Donald Trump. And he's and played by Trump. Christopher Walken, who is, uh, a pretty good actor. And, you know, he, he definitely is playing it pretty serious in this. <laughs> but, you know, Christopher Walken's a creepy dude to begin with, right? He just comes off that way. and uh, him, Yeah, he just has that air about him. And him playing Max Shrek is, uh, is, is an interesting casting choice. I, I liked it. Yeah, I mean, he's always fun to listen to. And, of course, you know, I love to impersonate him. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> he's always fun to, to listen to and, and, and just see act. Because I think him playing it straight here actually just – is you know it go it's in line with everybody else chewing the scenery because right right that's what you you got to do with this line um uh we're gonna have some stuff in the show notes about uh certain parts of the united states what kind of reactors they're running like what kind of power plants they're running and also what kind of waste they're putting out because that is actually a big part of this that you know max shrek is destroying the environment yet doesn't seem to care um, however, however, Bruce Wayne seems to care. What's his deal again? Because he actually he plays a, a much more active Bruce Wayne in this one than he did in the first one. I feel like we should save Batman for last. We should talk about Penguin first. All right, fine. I was just yeah, fine. You let's know, talk about, let's like, let's talk about Penguin. Who's uh, so <laughs> the movie actually opens with him, right? And he's it does. He's he's born to this rich family. Pee Wee Herman plays his father, uh, and. 
He's well, yeah. I think that was Tim Burton's debut. I think it was di- his directorial debut was Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So, oh, really? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So okay. him and Pee Wee go. Uh, they go back. Right. Okay. So so yeah, he's born and he's this like you know monstrosity. I guess they they play it off like that. You know, the parents are screaming yeah, when they mutated. see him. They keep him locked in a fucking cage. Right. I think he uh, eats the family cat at one point. Like, uh, it's it's pretty gruesome. I mean, he's just playing with the cat. But yeah, yeah, yeah I think he ate the cat. Uh, and then eventually they decide to drown him, right? They take him for a walk in the park and they... Like you do. And he winds up just floating for like a 10-minute uh, intro scene. And uh, eventually penguins find him. And he's he's raised by a penguin. And that's how he becomes a penguin. <laughs> um, and again, this is an interesting take on the character. Because in the comics, penguin... You know he's he's uh he's he is you know on the shorter side like Danny DeVito, but he's not really like this scary looking guy. He's kind of a gangster, right? He's he's kind of an intelligent gangster. Um, no, again, good. yeah, he comes from that old money that yes. you know that the men in this movie come from. But but yeah, he's aware of it. You know, he he grew up being able to take advantage of that privilege in in the comic books, and that's how he got his way into into Gotham's underworld. And he, you know, he really is one of the first super villains because he already is like you know a crime boss. Like right. it it goes from like the mafia to him to Two Face to the other villains who are they they're super villainy. They're no longer just regular crime. Exactly. But yeah, this film kind of plays him more of as being this this monstrous creature you know that that will just rip you know an animal apart with his teeth <laughs> and uh i think we mentioned earlier he's pretty scary you know it definitely freaked us out as a kid yeah he's um, got bile coming from his mouth yeah. and stuff and you know his his eyes are all amazing makeup job and amazing acting job like he is very effective yeah opinion. i mean he's honestly i i he was less movie. over the top in some ways than some of the other characters for me like i, I actually didn't <laughs> mind him as much but he, uh, yeah, he's he's very, wow. But he's also really creepy. Um, I think I, I had messaged you, you know, about some of the things he was saying that were just like, oh, man. They oh, were... yeah. He has a, he sees Catwoman and he says, uh, just the pussy I've been looking for. Um, oh. He... He talks about uh, teaching some some uh, some woman who's working on his campaign his French flipper trick. Um, he says, um, well, oh, they say you're one of the coolest role models a young person could have. And he takes a button and puts it right on her breast and literally squeezes it. And he says, you're one of the hottest um, young people a role model could have. Like, like, yeah, he... It, if I were to find a Trump allegory in this, I would say it is I would say it's more Penguin than Shrek because um Penguin's success is orchestrated by Shrek and then once things start going down, he leaves just like everyone else does the the, the Trump White House. <laughs> like when shit starts going wrong, they're like, "All right, I got to go." And then they write their book, you know? Oh, like I, I can agree with that because when you think about yeah. it, Trump was always kind of an outcast amongst like the old money, right? Like he's He's this kid. Yeah, he was this kid right. from New York who was kind of like you know talk tough and vulgar, and they. I don't think that he really fit in with the elite society. He had the money, yeah. He had the power, but they didn't like his. It, it, right, they didn't like when he was running for president. You know, a lot of Republicans and conservatives at first didn't like the way he, you know, he presented himself, the way he talked at at uh, you know debates. Um, and Penguin's kind of like that. You know, he's got that old money. He's got that power. But he's very like he's very vulgar and disgusting, and you know he he's yeah he's different to say the least. Yeah, so I agree that he's very Trump like, um, and you know as soon as he gets that power, he uses it to sexually assault women. So fits right in. He really does, and he and also similar to Trump, the thing that gets his campaign going is fear. Like. Max Shrek specifically says, like, we're going to we're going to get a Reichstag fire going, which so the thing that gets his campaign going is fear. Even though he is an outsider, they start using uh, that that fear. You know, they now we didn't have necessarily a Reichstag fire around the Trump campaign. Um, a lot of people think that 9-11 was actually the uh, like our version of the Reichstag fire because. Uh, that's what got Bush all the clearance he needed to do whatever he wanted in the Middle East, start a bunch of endless wars, invade Iraq, you know the rest. But um, but 
you know, there was the fear that Trump based his whole campaign on. It was all predicated on the immigrants are coming, they're rapists, they're murderers. You know, we got to shut it down. We got to do bans on Muslims entering the country. Oh, there was a shooting at a gay club and, you know, Muslims are the problem. Like, And I think people were just so desperate because, you know, life wasn't working for them beforehand and it had to be because of Obama and it had to be because of the Muslims. Um, and it had to be because of the Mexican immigrants. Like so so Trump must be right. And even though originally they started like a lot of people started saying they weren't gonna vote for him, as those as it got whittled down, a lot of people showed that they were actually not just Republican voters, but straight up Trump supporters. And yeah. yes, you know, in this movie they orchestrate their own crime wave and you know, you can discuss the what you believe the legitimacy of the of the election was given all the you know the russian propaganda interference and and social media interference in the in 2016 you can you know uh, right now you may think that i sound like one of the people who's like oh well you know the election was stolen from trump in 2020 so (laughs) um you know but uh but whether or not you want to question the legitimacy yeah the, the the main villains in this movie come to power by Stealing an election, orchestrating fear, and capitalizing on that. And actually, I guess Penguin doesn't make it to mayor, but he gets very, very close. He does. He's right about there um, until he's exposed for who he really is. Well, if there's no Batman, he probably would have been, right? Yeah, I guess it was. That's that's the difference between real life and, and, and this movie, you know? We don't we don't have we don't have Batmans in the world, so we gotta we got to stop them from becoming mayor ourselves. We are Batman. Yes. That's right. Um, speaking of which, did you want to talk about him next? or? Yeah, let's talk about the title character, Batman. <laughs> Batman Returns. I want to save him for last probably. because he's obviously the hero. You know, I think we both love Batman. Um, you know, your, your favorite comic book character, superhero, is Batman. Uh, mine yep. is Dick Grayson, his, you know... Uh, adopted son Ward. And, and Ward and all that, uh, but I, you know, we both love the Batman mythos and the character. We've read it extensively, yada yada yada. But you know, I think we we both kind of have recently discussed how Batman is is problematic in a lot of ways, and uh, yeah. this film doesn't doesn't really help the case in my opinion. So, you know, um, I I also feel like we don't really get to spend a lot of time with him. I feel like every time we see Bruce Wayne. Uh, you know, we don't get a really a lot of his personality. And I feel like whenever we're with Batman, he's just punching people in the face. Yeah, and, and or murdering folks. Like, he oh, literally God, murders yeah. people in this movie. Like, the, the Tim Burton Batmans murder people. Um, you know, it was cool to see him actually doing, like, Batman fight stuff. I was like, oh, I didn't know, like, he did that much in this yeah, movie. Yeah. So that was nice. He's using all his gadgets. But, yeah, the Batman mythos itself is based on a predatory capitalist and predatory in the way that he's just ignorant and and the people who are usually on the opposite end of his fist or batterings end up being people who are disenfranchised and they turn to crime in Gotham because it is the only choice. Uh, there have been a lot of nuances. We're going to review at some point Sean Murphy's White Knight, which does bring this stuff to light yep. and um, and, you know, like really discusses. The, the power the elite have over certain uh, citizens of Gotham and and police brutality, like they really go into that pretty well. But, um, there's also um, fuck, what was I? What was the other? Th- oh, sorry. But they do make it a point in Batman Begins to talk about how Bruce spent some time among the poor of other countries, and you know the he talks about the first time he stole, so that way. He, he could, you know, live so that way he could eat and survive. He lost a lot of assumptions about the differences between right and wrong. So I think as the mythos does evolve, they do try to make it a point of being like, no, he only gets the really bad guys. He's not just beating the shit out, <laughs> yeah, of, yeah. out of some dude who needs to feed his family. You know, and Gotham just, I mean, the fact that Gotham is such a crime-ridden city, that's the problem in the first place. It wasn't Joe Chill that killed Batman's parents. It was the desperation that was brought on by the disenfranchisement of uh, Gothamites that ended up killing batman's parents right right and you um, know and typically they, yeah. they try to paint his family in a good light right you know they always see you know, thomas times, and martha yeah. wayne where you know they love the city they love the people 
But they were you, actually trying to give back somehow. Yeah. They were one of the couple good ones. But, yeah. but no matter how you paint it, you know, they're removed. They're removed from, from these people because they will never struggle in the same way. I mean, you could argue even that Superman is has more in common with these people than than Bruce Wayne does, you know, as being someone who grew up on a farm and and has a full-time job, you know. It's like um, Batman, He, you know, he's rich, and without his money... I don't know if he would ever have been able to actually become Batman, uh, especially you know in these in these films, these Tim Burton movies, and 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 you know again like his solution is to to beat people up, but you know is there ways that he could he could do more with his money instead of making gadgets and Batmobiles and all this other tech that he uses that he could save the city? You know, would he be able to stimulate the economy better by providing better jobs and? Uh, you know, having more, um, you know, Arkham Asylum never works, right? <laughs> like it's it's the, cra- it, it, the craziest place. It, it's literally oh, like yeah. it, it, it. They just turn out these supervillains constantly. It's a revolving door where no one ever really gets help. So you know, you think you think he would have like right in his first year of being Batman, been like, all right, this isn't fucking working. So let's like you know, let's figure out. Is it corrupt? Like, is it the doctors? Like, what's wrong here? And trying to figure out how to help these people. But that never seems to, to occur. Yeah, the, the amount of uh, change he could he could affect by just prom- by just donating his money into the infrastructure of Gotham would, you know, would make such a big difference if you actually had Arkham, like Arkham Asylum just became a super prison by its very nature. It should be, and Arkham Asylum is featured in the Batman lore. They don't really make a mention of it in in Batman Returns. We're just going off from what we know here. Uh, But, but, you know, if you could actually have the people who are in there get some help, and if you were able to maybe, I don't know, pay the guards better or something, or yeah. train them better, so they weren't always bribed into letting the Joker go. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's just like, like there's got to be a way to stop this. And yeah, you know what's interesting is Batman's a vigilante, right? He's he's breaking the law. I know the comics yes. and the movies have gone into this multiple times, but he does believe in law and order because he turns these people over to the police. So, yeah, so weird. Like you guys aren't getting the job done. Here, lock him up. Yeah, you <laughs> know, like you would almost think he'd have his own secret prison or something, right? <laughs> you know, like he has the money for it. Uh, and like there's a part, there's actually a line that I loved in this movie um, that Catwoman says, and it's towards the end when she's going to try and, uh, and murder Max and, and Batman says like, you know, let's call oh, the yes. police. And she's like, don't be naive. The law doesn't apply to people like him or us. And there, you know, it, it's so good because again, Someone like Max Shrek is rich, and he's going to get off. He's going to pay the, for the best lawyers. He's going to, you know, he's going to do what it takes to get out on the easiest sentence, sentencing he can, and never really pay for because people like him usually don't, right? You know, we see that in real life all the time, and it also applies to both Bruce Wayne and Batman. You know, Bruce Wayne is is a rich man who will never ever not be able to get himself out of, you know, a legal jam. And Batman too, you know, this also applies to vigilantes. They're, they seem to be able to, you know, skirt around the law and not, not be held accountable. So I thought that was a great line that she delivers. And, you know, it's coming from someone who was or, or is, you know, someone who, who's not rich, who has struggled most of her life and is only... Yeah, she's under the foot of this capital. Yeah, you know, she's finally taking back a little bit of the power, and, and she understands this. You know, she knows right away that, that this, this, you know, the police aren't going to be able to, to fix this problem. Yeah, and it's not necessarily just a matter of, like, oh, well, the working class are mad at the 1%. Like, she literally has been on the receiving end. Like, when you think of people who like work in the Amazon warehouse or whatever and like and you know have have miscarried because of all the stress that they're being put under or had to pee in bottles or 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 anything else like like Selena is the direct connection she knows how evil this guy can be Bruce has only seen him as oh well he's an aggressive businessman but yeah. like 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 dude like maybe that's part of the me too analogy too like fucking believe her like she says aren't you tired of people like him coming on out on top when they should be six feet under like you know like she's that's the guillotine she has that's the fucking gun she's like no i'm gonna fucking 
take him down and I'm, I'm going to do it because this is the only sort of justice she will ever see. And she would rather risk getting caught doing that than than live another second where this guy doesn't see justice. I mean, at this point also, um, Cobblepot, when we talk about being held accountable, right, the Penguin has been outed for who he really is like you know and they the people needed no evidence whatsoever like they needed a fraction of the evidence that we currently have which is so wild you know it was just a recording of him saying you know sit back and relax i'll take back i'll take care of the squealing wretched pinhead puppets of gotham you gotta admit i played this city uh this city like a stinking heart from hell um, like, like, and they turn on him for that in one of my favorite moments because yeah. they're throwing food at him and he goes, why is there always someone who brings eggs and tomatoes to a speech? <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of the best lines wow. in the film. Wow. But, uh, but, but yeah, like, uh, you know, I just found it interesting how if we do view him as our Trump analogy, how we know for a fact that he has said and done terrible things and people stand by him. The people in Gotham, Gotham of all places, all still have some moral fortitude, some sort of conscience to say, that guy's not right. Let's turn on him. Like that, they, That's they, how they, far they we've fallen in real life, that the people of Gotham City have more integrity than than we do yeah and i mean it's interesting it is it is a little idealistic right because you would like to think like even in the 90s do you think that people were naive enough to believe like hey you know we we won't stand for corrupt politicians right i yeah. don't think so you know yeah. like i don't even think back then they were that naive you know but it you know we do want to believe that in a world where Batman exists, you know, he, him be, you got to believe that him being Batman is the best course of action. Otherwise it's not fun. Um, Agreed. You know, yeah. uh, but, and you also want to believe that the people of Gotham will choose their own heroes, that they will choose Batman over the penguin, that they will choose, you know, the, you know, I guess the law over the lawlessness. They didn't really in, in Batman Returns. They don't really go into no. the, the Dark Knight. Kind of goes into that stuff the a little d- more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before becoming straight bootlicker uh, copaganda, the Dark Knight trilogy. It starts out originally as a cab, and then becomes yeah becomes Ugh. thin blue line. <laughs> Back the blue. Back the blue. This is our city. We're the law. Um, well, you know, it's, I mean, that's an interesting point, right? Because I've always really enjoyed Commissioner Gordon's character, you know, and he's and he's a cop. And we've talked about the issues with police on this podcast multiple times. I think we both uh, support defunding um, the police and even abolishing yeah. it. And, you yeah. know, Commissioner Gordon, though, at the end of the day, he, he recognizes the corruption in in the police department and he knows that going to this this third party this vigilante is the best course of action right so that should that shows you a lot just about about yeah, the police their best cop still has to break the law in order to get things yep. done yep and uh you know and it is very you know Gotham City was originally based on New York City yes. so and speaking of New York City when you want to talk about mayors uh penguin also has big giuliani energy <laughs> Like he, you know, he's just leaking from different fucking places and stuff, and being it's a fucking, fucking creep. Yep, laying down on the bed like in Borat. Oh like. God, Jesus <laughs> Christ! I, I'm never gonna be able to see Rudy Giuliani as Penguin now. <laughs> he really shouldn't. Thanks a lot. Um, I'm gonna see if I had any more fun notes. Um, I had one. Why the fuck did Batman have to rip his entire mask off to show Selena's face? Like he tore that shit off. Did you notice that? Yes, yes. Meanwhile, that's supposed to be like bulletproof. I know. I know. This, it's like Kevlar, <laughs> but he fucking rips that thing off. It was hilarious to me that he's just like, you know, I'm Batman. And then to me, it, it, it's so wild that Max Shrek didn't even, still didn't comprehend why Bruce Wayne was dressed as Batman, right? He even asked him, he's like, why are you dressed like Batman? And Catwoman's like, because he is Batman, you moron. You know, like. Which is so like, I mean, I love it because even that shows like, you know, when we talk about rich people like Elon Musk, people think he's a genius just because he's made good investments. But like, no, the dude is fucking born inheriting an emerald mine and he made good investments. Yeah, he He doesn't. He's not Tony Starking building each Tesla by hand. No, like. Like, some of these dudes are fucking idiots. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to be the hardest worker in the room in order to win at capitalism. And that's what makes it such a broken system. If it was the way people say it is, and it's the harder you work, the more you have, that would be a different story. Right. But I've never known anyone who works harder than poor people. Like, like that's just yeah. how, how it goes, you know? And even, yep. and even then, like, you know, a middle class, like, 
working class person to, to earn an okay retirement and savings and leave something, not a lot, but leave something behind for your kids. You still got to work well into your 60s. And by the time you, you retire, you can't enjoy your body. Like that's the yep. best turnout for capitalism or like you get popular on YouTube and maybe, you, you know, you become a millionaire at some point. Like, you know, that's it. People love the lottery of it. There's like, oh, there's a point zero zero one percent chance I could be the next Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos or whatever. But the, like, but the thing is, like, even if you become a millionaire, there's such a disparity between being a millionaire and a billionaire. You know what I mean? Like, you're right. Like How many you, millions goes into a billion again? Is it a hundred millions? It, it's no, it, it's more than that. Is it a thousand millions? I, something like that. Yeah, I saw a great a video that bro- billion, broke right? down the difference between being a millionaire and a billionaire. And like, you know, you can become a millionaire. You can actually feasibly do that without totally fucking over like everyone around you. It's possible, you know. But to get to the billionaire status, you have to do some bad shit. Like it's just and you got to hoard. All yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like you maybe not a not an evil person, but you're gonna do some bad things because it's just there's no way a human becomes a billionaire uh, through hard work and you know good choices. It just doesn't happen. So, um, and again, it's just it's just not ethical. But uh, I you know in this case again, I, I do enjoy that Selena is the one who kind of recognizes the truth. You know, she's the one that realizes he's Batman and has to explain it to Max Shrek. Um, even when they're at the dance, her and Bruce, and she's like, why'd you come tonight? And he's like, I came to see you. And she's like, I wish I could say the same, you know, like Bruce is just like, oh, you know, yeah, he's he- got his head up in the clouds. He came for a fun night. Yep. I mean, technically, you know, Bruce Wayne wouldn't have done that normally, but no. you know, obviously this is Bruce Wayne on, on, this is Selena, you know? Like, yeah. On, she on always, she always gets him, you but- know, but even she's the only one who has her fucking eyes on the prize. And even then, like, you know, she like and she also weirdly enough is the only one with like a conscience like when the ice queen gets kidnapped by the penguin like she is mad at the penguin because she's like you didn't say you were gonna kill her like yeah you know like she you know she kind of hates women for being victims but also understands that she was a victim not too long ago so kind of feels for them in the same way and you know it is such an interesting uh, struggle that we do see with with her character and you know she plays the penguin by by you know making him think that she's into him which it isn't even that hard as we as we see like oh, all she God. has to do is breathe in his direction he's like oh my god you know yeah. you send out all the signals like he he is misogyny <laughs> incarnate like in this role and um you know he's the guy who you know who like Oh, you know, oh, you don't want to go out with me? You were fat anyway, you fucking bitch. Like, <laughs> like yep. he tries to kill her as soon as she refuses to marry him after knowing him for seven hours. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, yeah, so she is able to pit them all against each other. She's the one who has to fucking take care of Max Shrek at the end of it all. Like, yep. you know, uh, Man, she—I—I re- I think she's the best character in this movie. I really, I really—I—I I, I agree with you. Um, like I said, I wasn't a huge fan of, of every aspect of her portrayal, but I do think, uh, especially talking it out through this podcast, I, I feel like she is probably <laughs> the the be- most fully realized person in the film, and and definitely the most interesting character. Yeah, like when I say she's like better than other characters in other Batman films, not necessarily, yeah, but yeah. it's kind of slim pickings in this one. So right. we have Bruce Wayne is so uninteresting that I mean he this really is, a lot is to though. His character, but I, well, just the I just remember at the beginning him sitting down and waiting for the bad signal. Like he's doing nothing until the bad signal comes into <laughs> his into his study, which is also perfect Bruce Wayne in its own way too. Yeah, yeah, in, like, a, in a way, Batman is all he has. But, but also, he yeah. would be doing like he detective would be work or, or training, training or yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, something or just like pr- patrolling. But he's like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll stay in until I just wait. <laughs> also, I'll wait for the signal. Also, the end of this chance. movie, they fucking kill everybody, right? Everyone but Batman dies. Oh yeah, those are the days when it was just about it was just about killing the bad guy. Yeah. There was no such thing as possibly returning. I was like, wow, they just murdered nobody returns everyone. <laughs> Except, you know, there is that little tease that Catwoman's alive, and he takes the cat with him, which I thought was cute. Which I really uh, liked. And that was, um, yeah, that, oh yeah, of course, you, you would love that part when he takes the cat. And, yeah. I, and it was it was kind of, it was a stupid little drop line, but it's one of my favorites just because of the place this movie holds in my heart. And, you know, when he says, uh, you know, Merry Christmas, Alfred, and goodwill toward men. Yeah. And then he looks at the cat and he goes, 
and women too. Yeah, like, I, like, I actually like that too. I liked it too. What, you know, and it's kind of like it's literally the bare minimum of recognition that women should get for their struggle. But <laughs> just knowing, like, that's all he—he's like, oh, I napalmed Catwoman. I fucking threw her off of a, of a thing. You know, she ended up killing herself to kill her boss. He's like, you know what? She deserves this one. <laughs> I, I just imagine him being like <laughs> they drive him for like 10 minutes and he's like Alfred pull over and he just lets the cat out in some random fucking neighborhood where it has no idea where it lives <laughs> he just he just drives away and he thinks he did something good <laughs> and it's like, it's like what the fuck you just displaced that cat man <laughs> that, there's no way he kept the cat let's just be honest I'll go Michael Caine Alfred oh, Master Wayne it could have had a family waiting for it back home. Well, according to Batman Returns, he calls him Mr. Wayne, which was just weird to me. Yeah, honestly, which is worse? Like, yeah, I, both, I mean, there's like, problems with Master, but it's just so yeah, traditional weird, for the character. But, you know, but Mr. is even like, oh, please, Mr. Wayne was my father. He's like, yeah, and I don't want to learn your fucking names. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Bad boy Alfred strikes oh, again. Oh, man. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm so glad we got to review this, uh, you know, just, uh, it is, you know, about crooked capitalists being the bad guys, a regular capitalist who, (laughs) you know, by default is a villain, you know, being a hero, um, yeah, they they did such ridiculous stuff with the gadgets and everything in this movie. I'm I'm not gonna go into it, but I I did think it was hilarious how they had the poodle that somehow caught Batman's remote control battering, and yeah, they were able to. You know how they they opened up the Batmobile, had all of its guts lying out and everything, and then in the end of the plot, it was just this little ball on the bottom of his car. That's all, <laughs> that's all it was. And all you had to do was punch through the, the floor of the car and fucking take it off. Did after they, all the work they did? Did they shoot this in New York City? Like, was that was that supposed to be like the the tree? In no the city? way. I think. I mean, I guess what it's supposed to be. I think a lot of it was soundstage. Like, because okay. there, there was such a sterile environment. You had like true, true. seventeen people on screen max. <laughs> it just, I know the Nolan trilogy. They did film like in actual cities and stuff. So that's why I was curious. Yeah, but I guess. Yeah, they did. Yeah, a lot of. Yeah. I saw the Christmas tree and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, definitely reminiscent. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah. So uh, so so that that's our review of Batman Returns. Nice, succinct, feels good. Yeah, it was um, fine. I, I, I've been meaning to rewatch it for years, so I'm glad I finally had an excuse. Yes, and uh, next week, Ty, what are we going to be reviewing? We're going to be reviewing A Christmas Carol, uh, as our next episode will be launching on Christmas Day. Woo! All right. So, A Christmas Carol, This you said this is the Disney version, not A Muppet Christmas Carol. No, I do love A Muppet Christmas Carol. It's my favorite Christmas movie, but I think we're going to be talking about the one that's very uh, true to the book, and that is Disney's A Christmas Carol. Not Scrooge, starring Bill Murray? Uh, no, not, not Scrooge with Bill Murray. Maybe we'll do that next year <laughs> for Christmas. Fine. Um, Fine. Yeah, that's, that's and then we will, we will hopefully be doing The Grinch afterwards. I know we promised that last week, but uh, I, I thought A Christmas Carol would be um, quite the Christmas Day episodes so especially this christmas where yes. we are realizing all of the pitfalls of capitalism, yeah. oh, capitalism. On a scale yeah we're actually changing yes. the podcast into fuck capitalism next month so that's <laughs> we got to do it we got to get edgy and i'm going to call myself comrade frankenstein's monster nice you know i was riding my unicycle the other day and I thought, man, these fucking lib fucks. <laughs> Turns out he's, he's actually Starbucks. listening. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah. Oh, yeah, we got blocked for liking his. Uh, we, we got added to a list of fake lefties on Twitter, everybody. Yeah, that was like, pretty hilarious. But I didn't really. I, I'm really bad things. at Twitter because uh, I'm oh. old as fuck. You apparently. Were like, this is the end of the podcast. Well, I didn't like know what was going on. I think like <laughs> you and I like personally were added to some list saying that like we were fake socialists. And I thought like social like. Like leftists were coming for us, and I was like, "What the fuck? What's happening? <laughs> like, I gotta watch my back from everybody now." No, just some poser, just just an actual fake. Just some, yeah, just some fucking loser who yeah. <laughs> had nothing better to do. So, yeah, that was fun. But uh, but in the meantime, in between time, folks, make sure that regardless of where you're listening to us on, and you can listen to us at a lot of different places: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio app. Uh, make sure that you give us a five-star rating and review. really helps us out in the algorithm. You can watch and listen to us on YouTube. Support us on our Patreon. Uh, for as little as $3 a month, you can help support the podcast and be privy to a, a lot of awesome exclusive content. Currently, I am reading an audio booch, and it is how to survive anything, anywhere. You can find us on Twitter at PolitipopPod, Instagram at PolitipopPod, 
Podcast. Email us at politipopcast at gmail.com. Find our show notes and sources at politipoppodcast.wordpress.com. And special thanks to all of you and to Antonia Chaba for logo design for the Politipop Podcast. I have been Mike Booch. I have been Ty. Remember, no matter what you're watching, no matter what you're reading, listening to, no matter what city you're defending or, uh, um, or, oh yeah, there was a whole plot to kill children in this movie that we totally, <laughs> we oh totally God, yeah, that, that's true. And he was going to kill them in pollution. All right, quick plot. Want to kill the next generation using pollution and climate change. Boom. It was in there. Wow. All right. But uh, regardless of what evil plots you're hatching on the first Sons of Gotham, never stop thinking, never stop learning. And always remember to read between the lines. And scene. I feel so good when you do it.